Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. It's One Man's Opinion, episode number 133. That's right, we're barreling through the 2022 NFL season, season three of this podcast as well. And I've actually got big announcements to make very, very soon uh, about this podcast, about this show. So if you've been a loyal listener, if you listen to all, now I need like a, I should print a t-shirt and give it away to everybody who's listening to all 133 because you are my people. I uh, appreciate you very, very much. All the sport podcast has gotten. Uh, appreciate everybody, even if it's your first time listening. Welcome to it. If you are indeed new, this is. One man's opinion. This is a podcast. It's about an hour long. My name is Jeff Mans. You hear me weekday afternoons on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87. I host a show called Elite Sports. Also part owner and chief content officer over at fantasyguru.com. We do seasonal fantasy sports, seasonal sports in general, daily fantasy sports, sports betting, data, media, Everything you could imagine, we do it at fantasyguru.com. NBA and NHL seasons are live and happening as we speak. There's NBA on as I'm recording this, and it's a glorious thing to have basketball back. The great thing to have hockey back. I got to say our hockey subscribers, members, content providers are just unbelievable. It's the biggest family atmosphere outside of our football coverage that we have and uh, very proud of our offerings, both NBA and NHL, quite frankly. So get in there, support at fantasyguru.com. If you're looking to add one or both of those sports, we've got a monster deal. It's like a hundred bucks to add both sports. If you already have the NFL product. So if you're just upgrading to the MVP or VIP, I'm sorry, boom, it's literally just support at fantasyguru.com. Tell them you want to upgrade and you got it right there. I am Jeff Manns. By the way, you also find me. I said that already at Jeff underscore Manns on Twitter. The Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Yeah, big news about the podcast coming down very soon. Hopefully, be able to announce next week here. Um, still going to be able to get it everywhere. You know, it's still same old thing. Nothing really changes for you, but we got some support coming behind um, this offering, and we're going to be able to get it on different platforms and different uh, ways to get the show. And we actually could be producing more of these episodes every single week as well, which I'm very excited about doing. This is uncensored. That means I will curse throughout it. My guests will curse. There's no, there's no guests on today's show, but just so you know, for now and future references, put your earbuds in, or if you're a sensitive person, you don't, you don't like to curse words or, you know, sex talk or any kind of racy humor. This probably isn't the show for you. All right. So, uh, you know, get the kitties out of the car and sensitive ears around you. Don't be like walking around Walmart with this, bla- this podcast blasting. You know what I mean? Uh, that would be, that'd be a bad idea. It look bad on all of us. So don't do that. Um, a lot planned here for the next hour on this pod. We'll react to everything that happened in week six. We'll look ahead to week seven in the NFL and fantasy football there as well. I've got the, my, my usual. If you've been a loyal listener of this podcast the last couple of years, every every year about this time, give or take a week, I do a fantasy football depth chart. Now, I get asked quite often for rest of season rankings over at fantasyguru.com. And for we did rest of season rankings for 25 years. All right. And much like a lot, uh, we don't do them anymore. We do not do them anymore and i'm not going to i don't have plans to um many reasons for this i'll get into it let's get right into it and uh and i'll give some reaction all right so i've done this game i played fantasy football for whatever 33 years since 1989 you do the math on it i'm too old and i've done this a long time and i've been in the content business for 17 years now, at this point, I've been uh, in the national spotlight, whatever, nationally for over 12 years, going on almost 13 years now in a few months. 
um, of doing this. So I've been out there. I know what it takes to win. I've seen what it takes to win. I've personally won. I've been many thousands and thousands of subscribers. And so, but there's also a lot of mistakes. And one of the mistakes is we get hung up on things. And so what we do here at fantasyguru.com for our NFL packages, there are things that I'm willing to do and I'm willing to let our content people do in order to placate people because, well, you just like things a certain way. And I want to give you the best product available and hit all of your needs, fulfill all of your wild sexual needs. No, not that. Your fantasy needs. Um, But I'm not willing. I'm like meatloaf, but I won't do that. But there are also some traps that I refuse to set out. It's the changing of rankings every five minutes based on the news. We don't do that. Updated rankings. I update the rankings when you need the rankings updated. Well, I need it all. No, you don't. You don't need to know who to start, this guy or that guy, Wednesday at five. All right? Well, and if you want a reference to it, it's, you know, all the rankings are there. We post it. We have our rankings, but we're not moving everything around based on this guy practiced, this guy didn't practice, this guy kind of practiced, but then he took a giant shit and then he came back to practice and then his tummy hurt, but he still caught a grip. We're not doing that. And my experience can help you in just trust me on elements like that. We don't need to react and overreact and counteract all the fucking time every fucking week we don't do that the only things that are officials friday night that is when for thursday games you got to know by thursday afternoon no question about it i do all you know post the rankings late monday night early tuesday morning depending on what coast you live on overnight i'll say and then we update thursday with the you know who's been ruled out in all that kind of shit, and then make sure we're locked and loaded the exact projections and rankings you need for the Thursday night games. And then we don't update until Friday, late night, Friday night, when all the news is in. This guy's playing, this guy's not playing. This is questionable, but likely to play, questionable, not likely to play, all that stuff. We make sense of all of it. And then we update all weekend long because throughout the weekend, that's when you need it. That's how I roll, and I refuse I'm not going to play the game. I don't care how much a customer complains. I don't care how much a listener complains. I don't care because it's not helping you. It's not that I don't want to give you my opinion. In fact, if you ask me an opinion on Twitter or in our Discord, I'll give it to you in that moment. But there's an understanding, and my subscribers and our customers know this over at Fantasy Guru, that I, if you ask me on Wednesday night, do I start? Nico Collins or Garrett Wilson. And I tell you, Garrett Wilson, that's for that moment, which by the way, little secret, it means nothing. It means nothing. It means nothing. You cannot come back to me Sunday night or Monday. And so you told me this. When did I tell you that? You told me I will, I will go to my rankings and the projections say, well, I clearly have, Garrett Wilson, I almost forgot which jet receiver I said. Garrett Wilson over Nico Collins, clearly. Well, you told me Collins. When did I tell you that? Oh, Wednesday night. All right, things change. Quarterback went down, weather got different, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't f- fuck off. I mean, really, just go fuck off. Not that I don't want you to win, and I, I feel that way about you. You don't understand. I'm working 20-hour days to help everybody. But y- you're not going to absolve yourself in blame because you are only going to check in at the exact moment you want. And furthermore, that exact moment that you want is in the middle of the week because God forbid your weekends are disturbed. No, then you're not cut out to win in fantasy football, plain and simple. This game was different. I did my content differently 15, 20 years ago. I would do all that shit. I was up to date. I took pride in it. Like I was always mad, update rankings from the go and everywhere I'd be, I'd be doing all that shit. Turns out it didn't help people. It actually throws people off because things change so much. So why I don't do rest of season rankings because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what a player will do 
won't do the rest of the way. We are in the season. We are in a week by week by week by week protocol. That is what this is. Things change rapidly. What difference does it make if I tell you Aaron Jones is the 12th best running back the rest of the way? He goes out this Sunday, tears his ACL. What difference does it make? Right? What difference does it make? If I tell you right now that Christian McCaffrey's number one running back and he gets traded, what difference did it make? If I told you Daryl Henderson is RB25 right now and then they trade for Christian McCaffrey, what difference did that make? If, or if I tell you Darrell Williams is 25 running back and Kyron Williams comes off of injured reserve and takes all the snaps, what difference did that make? It will change the next week. Do you see what I'm saying? I hope that you see it. I hope that you understand. It's not carelessness. It's not laziness. It's not wanting to provide the best service. The best service sometimes is just to not inform you. Sometimes you don't need the advice. And I strongly believe the lack of news, yet the abundance of news. You see what I'm saying there? There is no, there really is no news throughout the week in the NFL. But there's also a ton of news. There's a ton of items that come up. We think social media is news. That's what we think that that means something. It really doesn't. Just doesn't. I, and when I say it doesn't mean anything, I mean it's less than nothing doesn't matter what anybody says or does. What matters is what's on that report Friday because they have to file that to the league office. Right? It's kind of like somebody says, I could say I make a billion dollars, but I, the, I, according to the IRS, I make 800 grand. It's a pretty big difference, right? You're, you could say anything. There's no real policing. We have freedom of speech, which is great, but we could say anything. And that's the environment we all live in. But when, if you're serious about the information you want, you need somebody to be held accountable. Nobody's held. There's no accountability in the NFL news world. None. Nobody gets fired. They just exchange people and they go from one place to the other. To the other. It, there's nothing. What matters is what's filed the league office on Friday. That's why that's the most important. That's why we go by that. That's why we're so fucking accurate and on point despite whatever perceptions may exist. So what I'm, this is a long way for me to explain this, but I hope you guys understand what I'm going to do on this broadcast today is I'm going to talk about the fantasy football depth chart. Now depth chart different than rest of the season rankings, but it accomplishes the same thing. I believe, I don't believe, I know it accomplishes what you really want. What you really want to know right now is not what, so-and-so will do the rest of the way versus what you want to know is what's the value of my players versus other players for trade purposes, for lineup purposes, for waiver pickups. That's what you really want to know. Okay. And that we can do in that context. We can do that because the value of these players. So I created the fantasy football depth chart years ago, decades ago. It used to be one of my websites that I ran forever um, I still own it, so piss off. Uh, <laughs> and I created this thing years ago, and it's just a nice little um, way to look at all the players at quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end. We could do it for every position. I'll just do those four today and then go through who holds the most value and then also where the cutoffs are, which I think that's the most important thing. Who are the every week starting running backs? Those are your top 24. You start them every week. Okay, they're just in your line. There's really little debate about it. And receivers, top 36, tight ends, quarterbacks, top 12s. Those are your ones. Everybody outside of that number one tier. Or running backs, top 12, are running back ones. Top 13 through 24 are twos. 25 through 36 are running back threes. Okay, wide receiver, same thing. You get a 12, 24, 36, 48. Okay, so I'll go through that on the show today. Let me react to some week six stuff and get this final uh, burden off of my shoulders. It was a good week. I, I felt very good about 
our bill it's it's will be my proudest week of the year um you know obviously we'd have no idea what's going to happen but I, i'm so happy and proud of the content and what we were able to offer on the site on the shows and everything else because i think it was a difficult week right where you had that kansas city buffalo game game of the year it's no doubt it's the regular season game of the year there's nothing else better now there will be better games because it i won't say it didn't live up to expectations it kind of did it hit expectations it just we had unreasonable expectations right um so it was great but it commanded so much attention and everybody wanted to get in because we expected 48 to 42 48 45 we expected some kind of you know, crazy, high-flying, high-scoring, freewheeling type of ball game, and obviously we didn't get that. 24-20, solid game, though. Um, but it created an opportunity. It, it, you had to leverage, and DFS specifically, and I'm pretty much talking about a DFS perspective, also a betting perspective. And seasonal, we are stuck or we have the players that we have and either you have bills and chiefs or you don't if you did you were very interested if you didn't you didn't care fine and we were able to really navigate that game combined with the heavy ownership and daily fantasy with the um seattle arizona game and able to do that and by the way hiding in plain sight was i felt one of the game's the better games of the entire week and the second best game for me next to the bills and chiefs. And that was the Bengals saints game. And even that one didn't really live up quite to what I had hoped or expected, I suppose. But at the same time, you know, we had 56, 57 points scored burrow went off. Chase went off as we predicted and projected and very few people had it. It was just a good week. So I'm proud of that week. Now, let me be clear. I'm proud from a daily fantasy side. I'm very proud of it on a seasonal side. If you can tell, it's a long season. We all know that. You see you see what's starting to happen. At least I hope you do. You guys are pretty observant. You see that some players that I was high on, some players I'm just getting wrong. I always fucking get something wrong, right? Always. Oh, we're always going to get wrong. I've told you this many times on this podcast. We live in the 65% range. That's We hit 60 to 65%. We rolling deep. We are rolling deep. That means good for our older listeners. When you have... So that's all well and good. Very well and good. The problem comes in where um, or players are starting to pop. Najee Harris is a bounce-back game. Juju Smith-Schuster has a bounce-back game. You're starting to see Alan Lazard just keeps doing what we anticipated all season long. He's a wide receiver 14 over the last four weeks. Anybody noticing, paying attention? No, because it's not sexy. And that's the that's the whole point of you know majority of our draft or preseason content. It's not about who's good. We don't know who's going to pop off at the highest level. Although I feel, man, I, I, I am as bad as I feel about my early round running back targets this year. Mixon, Najee Harris, eh, really haven't popped. Right, they're done nothing. Um, disappointments for sure right those, those early round goes those, those two were specifically my favorites aaron jones i liked a lot he's like i don't know he's way he's down there on the on the charts as well, on the scoring charts as well even despite one big week however my mid-round and my late round running backs are fucking amazing i mean verbatim nick chubb Brees hall Josh Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson. Nobody's talking about that dude. Damian Pierce, right? I mean, you're talking about five players taken after round eight, right? Or I'm sorry, not at round eight. That's not fair. Uh, after round three <laughs> with Hall specifically and Jacobs. These are like mid-rounds. Even Montgomery, who missed some time, but has still been productive, went in there. These are some high-quality returns that we're getting Devin Singletary it's to the point I I just wish I would have done more wide receiver early 
and not fallen into, if I would have, that's the key. If you were, if you avoided Mixon and Harris at the amazing value, I'm still very high on both of them. They're both going to finish in the top 15, if not the top 12. They just are. To Mixon's already top 12. I mean, that's, that's where you look at that running backs. You're like, really? He's number 12. Score. He's a RB1. He was taken his average draft position. Now, I had him, what, four or five, or I think I am seven or eight overall. All right. So that, you know, he was four, I think, on my running back board. He's 12, but, you know, but then Nick Chubb was 12 and he, he's at three. So, so, you know, it's about having the right mix. It's also about waiting and letting things pay off. But I'm very happy to see those type of players starting to really catch steam. Debo Samuel just keeps all we're none of them are really monsters or studs or having monster seasons, but they're all just so productive. Christian Kirk, Cortland Sutton, DK Metcalf. I have so many of these players. Chris Olave goes back to draft season. Alan Lazard, Juju. All of a sudden we're talking about a six, seven wide receiver, five, six, seven receivers all in the top 36. By the way, top 36 receivers are every week starters. If you're in a 12-team league, you there's thir- and you start three receivers on your team. There are 36. They're actually four- 42 is the, really the number, the de facto number. For f- the flex, if you ever wonder how a fantasy analyst, or a good one at least, um, projects the flex spot, you kind of got to go six, six and six. Six running backs, six wide receivers. Um, so it's 30 for running backs and 42 for wide receivers are the true every week starters, you know? And again, some of your leagues have multiple flex and only two receiver spots and so on and so forth. I get it, but that's the standard approach. Uh, so, you know, we're starting to see some pop. However, you know, okay, that's all the good side. The bad side right now is my betting. Uh, fucking Owen two again, with the zigzag bets last week. How about the zigzag never fucking fails. And it's fucking horrible. The last two weeks, like crazy bad. And the Packers losing. I never saw that come. Now, you know, Colts at home against the Jaguars, by the way, they barely covered that. So it's, that was a close one, but it's just, you know, the zigzag, I'm obviously I'm not going to give the zigzag picks of the week because here's the thing about betting. All right. I was on such a heater. I was up 15 units through what four weeks and at a 65% winning clip and everything else last two weeks I've given back and that happens. That's normal. Totally normal. But I'm a competitive motherfucker and I don't like giving anything back. I refuse. Yeah, I'm 15 and 24 last two weeks. Fucking lost 10 units of my life. You believe that shit? You believe that shit? Oh, just brutal. Uh, but going back to the basics, that's what I'm doing over on the site this week. I've put out a lot more bets than truthfully I'm comfortable doing. I'm not a guy who bets every primetime game. I'm not a guy that bets that puts in a dozen bets a week on the Sunday. And I've been doing this to appease our customers and not just to appease our customers, because as I've demonstrated, I'm going to do right by you. I'm not necessarily going to do what you necessarily want me to do all the time. I know it can be frustrating and I get it, but it's in your best interest. And that's where I'm going into week seven. I'm just not going to have as many bets. I'm just going to go with what I know. I'm not going to put out the ones that settle in on the fringe. You know, I don't need 15 parl or, uh, or I do about eight prop bets plus the, the Thursday and fuck the Thursday and Monday night games. Quite frankly, I'll put a, I'll put a bet in for those games. Okay. But I'm only going to do my surest bet. Because I want everybody to understand that there's no difference between uh, me as the analyst. I have two hats I have to wear. I'm an analyst. That's my job. My job on radio, it's job on this podcast, job at fantasyguru.com. It's my job. 
That's what I do. And that's to provide and analyze everything for you to provide that. My other job is my play. Okay. And it was hilarious this weekend. Uh, it's funny. Dealt with a troll in the discord over at fantasy guru as well. And um, says that it's something about you don't even play. I don't see you in the contest. And it's like, dude, it's hilarious because that was what for like a, a multiple year span. That's what people tried to do because for one, I didn't, I lived in Arizona, Arizona. You couldn't play DFS. You couldn't bet. Right. I still live in Arizona. So let's just think about it for a second. Yeah. I never entered a DFS contest or, a bet or anything over the, since I moved here in 2016, not one time. So what people do is go look at these fucking, either it's Roto grinders or some fucking site that has, I don't, I honest to God, don't even know where they are. Some, they tell you everything you played or whatever. Um, and they're all bullshit, by the way, they don't check cash games. They go by, they essentially go by Millie maker, millionaire maker. They don't even do Fanduel. It's so pathetic. But that's what they go by. And so people have come to me, oh, you don't even play. And meanwhile, I have fucking five grand a week in play. And I'm just like, okay, I don't. Now, I don't play. I'm investing in somebody else playing. Have the whole time. Right? Not against that. But now I can. So now I am in all those contests. And people are, oh, you don't even play. It's like, yeah, you, you, you picked the wrong last two years to come at me with that because I'm playing at one of the, I think one of the higher dollar amounts of anybody. Okay. There's a lot of people with that play 150 lineups, but I play in all the high stakes ones at least. So um, anyway, so those trolls will want to get me on that, but me as a player, I have to do certain things. And what I do when I'm struggling is the same thing I'm telling you guys to do. There is no difference. Get accused of this every year. Oh, you save the best plays for yourself. And no, I don't, man. No, no, absolutely not. And if I did that, I would never have survived because you guys are too smart. The audience is way too smart. They know all those tricks. Maybe not all of you know. Some of you do fall for it. I'll admit. I see other people. Do I get jealous? I'm like, God damn, these guys got to, that's why the projection thing, no one realizes all you have to do is enter one projection. All you have to do is enter the game finals and then you just press buttons, a couple buttons and it cranks out your shitty projections without any foresight or thought or any kind of gamesmanship whatsoever. And it's garbage, but people fall for it all the time. I think it's golden. So I'm jealous of those people, but I, I don't feel right putting a product out like that. What I'm trying to say is I'm struggling at betting right now. So I will go back to the basics and I will put before told those of you who are, we smashed it and crushed it in DFS winner across the board, by the way, five and one on DraftKings and super draft four and two now on FanDuel pretty fucking good. Anyway, um, with the betting, I tell you DFS play for free. I was struggling and people tell me, oh, I'm one and five. I'm oh and six. Some guy told me, oh, shit. Go play for free, man. Get it's obviously something's not clicking. Get it to click. Get your shit straight. Go hit in the batting cage for a while. There's no there's no harm in that. I tell you all the time, the movie I was in, uh, a fantasy life or living the fantasy. I'm sorry. Living the fantasy on Amazon. If you want to go check it out. And they always that embarrassing moment. Jeff Mann sat out to focus on smaller contests. Everybody else is playing the thousand dollar contest. And I looked like a fucking cuck because I couldn't afford it at that time. That's the truth. I couldn't, it wasn't the right thing for me. Just, but it's also, it's one of the more humiliating moments of my life. It's also one of the most proudest moments of my life because I understood I stayed in my lane, what I needed to do. So what I'm doing with betting, I'm going back to just the basics, man. I'll I'll probably have five bets for this week. That's it. I'm I'm gonna win those motherfuckers. Win them. I don't give a shit if it's a, a prop, a side, a total. I've been last couple of weeks. I've been making sure because some of our people in Discord are like, well, I, I only could bet props or I can't bet props or whatever. Every state's different. 
And for those, I apologize, but I winning comes first. And if I just get one bet that can fit what you're allowed to do legally or whatever, then so be it. Then just put more on it, but I'm going to get it right. That's a bigger of much more important. So I'm getting back to basics in that. And if I'm, if I was struggling DFS, my number one rules, I wouldn't play GPP. I wouldn't play tournaments, you know, and I lost what two weeks in a row in FanDuel, right? I was, I, if I hadn't won those previous two weeks, one more week of losing on FanDuel, uh, two weeks ago, if I would have lost, I would not have allowed myself to play any more tournaments. Mm-mm, you don't get to, that's a privilege. My folks growing up, if you didn't eat dinner, you didn't get your ice cream, bowl ice cream with chocolate sauce. One of my favorite things as a kid growing up. Nope, you do know. My mom would bake brownies or something, or cookies, and they're the greatest things on earth. And nope, you do not, you don't eat, you don't get it, period. That's what I feel about tournaments. If you can't win cash games, single entry, 50-50. You, if you're not good enough to finish in 50 top 50%, you shouldn't be throwing your money away on tournaments. Not if you care about your bankroll, your bottom line. Now, if you're independently wealthy or you're doing this for fun or you have a set amount that you don't mind losing, then great, do whatever you want. It's the ones that are going to tilt their asses off about it with uh, by losing $100 in a week. Those are the ones that need to get better. Um, all right, so that was that. Oh, other great news coming down the pike. All right, I, I've been promising you the smash reports for NFL smash reports for like a fucking year. I recognize this. We have had massive problems technologically with my formulas and getting my ratings up on the site, but we've had a massive breakthrough over the last week. And dare I say, coming soon, what we'll be able, what we're going to have Offensive line smash report, defensive front smash report, running back smash report. These should be up by early next week. By the time you're listening to next week's episode of One Man's Opinion, it should be done and ready to use and everything else. I put them in the article, the cash game breakdown all the time. I'll continue to do so. But you will have access to all the data. I just put the pertinent data in for you. There's more. There's every team, obviously, right? Every offense, every defense, every matchup, all that stuff. So what the smash report is going to be able to tell you is who has the advantage in the trenches. It's the hardest thing, and it's one of the biggest gaps there is in fantasy football information and analysis and content is who holds the matchups at the positions nobody wants to talk about. And that's what I've done. I've done it for years and years and years. That's what I chart. That's what I compute. That's why I've, I've made my own formulas for all of it. And you can't find it anywhere else in the world. And obviously you wonder, hey, man, how did you know about Kenneth Walker last week? Or, you know, all the, you know, a, a lot of these, you know, running back polls and it's from, this data. And so you'll see who holds on the offensive line smash. will tell you, obviously I personally think it's better for the running back anyway. Okay. That's just the raw data. And I call it smash. Then the defensive line, that's the offensive line that holds an advantage. It helps the quarterback. It helps the running back. It helps the receiver. It helps the offense overall. I personally think it's best implemented for the running backs. Fine. But it does. There is. That's why we separated it out or why I've separated it out. Okay. So the offensive line advantage will help the quarterback too. The defense line is, oh shit. Offense line is at a negative. The defense line has an advantage. And it's just the, essentially it's the inverse of the offense line when you, although you get to see all the raw data now, where which defensive lines rank the highest or have the highest smash score. It's all on a scale of uh, it could be minus 100 to plus 100. And think of it in terms of percentages. It's taken me years to perfect my formulas in that. 
uh, perfect. I feel it's been perfect for two years. Um, and it's, it's good. It's great. It's really good. And it's very easy to understand too. So you guys will see that data as well. And the defense line, and then the running back smash report is essentially just the matchup of the two. It's the offense line versus the defensive line with very, very thin running back accountability in there. Very thin, but essentially it's just the, the weight of the two and the running back is smashed. So what running backs are in the best situation. So I think this is very useful data, data that you don't get anywhere else. And um, I think it's, it's fantastic. It's just really good. So that's going to be under our elite data. Fancyguru.com. You see there's a little data and then NFL and then boom, you get all, we have a lot of statistics as it is team player stats and injuries and schedules and prop finders and all that stuff. And articles are, are there when we do, we don't post many data articles, let's be honest, but, uh, but the smash report is coming soon. So I'm pumped up about that as well. Um, let's get into the fancy depth chart. All right. I want to get you some good stuff. I think for the rest of the season. So this is where we stand going into week number seven in fantasy football and the NFL. One of the things that I realized when compiling this, it's stupid of me. <laughs> I shouldn't do this during the bye weeks. I should have done it last week before the bye weeks. Well, because now Lions, Texans, Titans, Raiders, they have an advantage. Those players have an advantage. They play more games. And that's why, by the way, I don't go strictly by projections. This is where the projections, actually, they'll help you and they'll hurt you. They'll help you in realizing that, yeah, when DeAndre Swift, you compare DeAndre Swift to uh, Alvin Kamara, similar players, similar value, but you get a whole extra game out of Swift now if you acquire him now over – Somebody who's going to be off one of these days, right? So there, you know, there's there's an added value there. Also, they'll throw you off because you can have a much lesser player. Let's say fucking Travis Etienne versus DeAndre Swift or some or you know or uh, versus Alvin Kamara or whatever it is. And now, or I shouldn't say him. I should use somebody else like uh, fucking um, I don't fucking DJ Chark for the lions and now he's going to technically if you go by projections technically he's going to be better than maybe brandon iuk who's got a bye week there's one less game right and it's like well is that really true would you really value chark over iuk no you you shouldn't and you wouldn't i don't i well, hope you you would if you're looking at projection only based analysis that's the problem all right here are the quarterback ones so why is this important? How could you implement this information? Uh, and feel free, write it down at home, you know, on a scratch pad or something like that. Um, if you guys are interested, I could post it on the site or somewhere, Discord or something with all this. I don't have it there uh, all the time. This is for the podcast only. Yeah, I did do this on the XM show even. So what we're looking for, analyze your roster. All right. Your roster, you, you're starting quarterback every week. And I'm not talking about the bye weeks, Jeff, Josh Allen, who by the way is quarterback number one, of course, he's off this week. Does that mean, you, no, no replacement players are replacement players. So they slide in for that week and then they leave. What you want to gain from this is what I'm, you want me to name off one. I'm going to tell you the top 12 quarterbacks the rest of the season or in, in terms of value right now, you want one of them as your quarterback one. If not, you've got problems and you've got maybe some work to do. Maybe your guy is just outside the top 12, but you can make it up somewhere else. That's something you have to weigh on your roster. But the goal should be having your starting quarterback be in the top 12, uh, you, one of the top 12 running backs, another, your second running back being in the top 24, if it's top 12 as well, you're golden. Your receivers, you should have at least one in the top 12, another in the top 24, another three in the top 36, right? As long as you're on that pace and then one of the top 12 tight ends. 
if you if that's your starting lineup on a week in a week out basis, this is a championship level roster, and that's what you need to go by. And we reevaluate, obviously, recalibrate the depth chart every single week because values change. But this is not about what any player has done. I want because some of these I'm sure will surprise you. You're like, Whoa! It's about going forward. What's in the what's already happened is over. I'm not going to get it back for you. You're not going to get it back. It's done. All right. All right. Quarterbacks, the number one quarterbacks in order. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. No surprises there, right? Justin Herbert, four. I like Justin Herbert, man. I'll tell you what. A little preview from my DFS article. Uh, Herbie. Herbie Hancock. It's a pretty great spot. Getting Keenan Allen back. Justin Herbert has the Seahawks, the Falcons, the 49ers, the Chiefs. 49ers are Chiefs, secondary, in case you're not paying attention. Suck a bag of dicks right now. Cardinals, Raiders, Dolphins, who are having all kinds of problems. The Titans, fucking terrible. And they got the Colts, which is getting tougher. The Rams in championship week isn't great either. But again, I mean, get... Get your San Diego, oh, San Diego, LA Chargers on the cheap right now. The only one you won't be able to get for cheap is Austin Eckler because he's been balling. But everybody else, like Herbert, do it. So Herbert's four, Lamar Jackson five. You know, Lamar's just one touch on each of his last three games. So he's been so good and so bad equally this season. So he's fifth, Joe Burrow sixth, Kyler Murray seventh. And I'll tell you, that's the one that I'm like, oh man, it sucks if you have Kyler Murray. It's just he can run for 100 yards like he did last week, but there's no telling when how it is. You are at the mercy of the gods with Kyler Murray. You just can't do anything else with him. If you could trade him for Herbert, you know I'd fucking do it or Lamar or Burrow, but unfortunately. You know, he's seventh, and who's eighth? After him, it really after Burrow, it becomes like, mm, let's say, less ideal. Because that's where you get Kyler Murray. Dak Prescott, eight. Dak's back this week in a tremendous matchup against Detroit. The, the Cowboys have their offensive line in a lot better spot than what I projected going into the year. And getting Dak back is going to be a big thing for that offense. And Gallup is now back. Hopefully, Schultz can... Maybe piece it together and stay healthy. Tom Brady, nine. Derek Carr, 10. Okay. Um, I think we'll see a better, also a more balanced offense for the Raiders post by, which you may think, okay, it doesn't really help Carr. It will. It, it'll open up. Jacobs, them pounding the rock is going to help Derek Carr down the stretch. You got games against the Seahawks, Jaguars, Colts. Texans all coming up here for Las Vegas. So these are good times ahead. Um, he's 10th. Tua Tonglevoa, 11th. And I almost, I did downgrade him. You can make a case for Tua over all the way up to Dak. You can go because of that offense. The one issue I have is, is he going to be taken to the locker room every single time he gets hit? Because if so, it's going to be a nightmare. I have, I worry about it a little bit. So Tua is a guy that I would kind of want somebody else, maybe carry a backup even. But again, the the Dolphins have the Steelers, Lions, Bears, Browns, Texans. Now then they get the 49ers. By then the 49ers secondary or all, defense should be healthy again. So then it gets tough. 49ers, Chargers, Bills. Packers. So that it gets tough later. But this is a nice stretch for Tua. And then Kirk Cousins at quarterback 12. So those are your number ones. At the running back position, the number one running back right now to own and going forward is Saquon Barkley. Don't feel that that's a big surprise for people. I have Jonathan Taylor, too. Taylor is back at practice on Wednesday. He is on pace to play. Sunday against Tennessee. 
you see what Deion Jackson does in this offense. There, Matt Ryan is starting to, to cook a little bit. Things are getting better in Indianapolis, and it's going to be a good second-half stretch for Jonathan Taylor. He's two. Austin Eckler, three. Mentioned the Chargers thing. Nick Chubb, four. Well, that's my dude right there, man. Nick Chubb. Love it when Watson comes back. We've got to remember that's happening, right? Um, It, it is a... When the Browns are healthy, there isn't another matchup. Now, they play the Bills in Buffalo. They play the Saints. They play the Bengals a couple of times. doesn't matter. They are – you look at my smash report and offense line, and when healthy, that Browns offense line will dominate any other opponent. And with Chubb being one of the best running backs in the league, it's just the perfect mix. Now, this week, Wyatt Teller is out, all-pro right guard, guys in 6'8", monster on the interior. Um, I think the biggest advantage ever is Wyatt Teller against interior defensive linemen, but um, still going to be good. Nick Chubb for now. Here's where Joe Mixon, number five, fight you all day on Mixon. Mix, uh, Bengals, very, very good. Bengals will be good. They are good. And we're seeing that offense start to click. The offense line coming together a little bit. And uh, you got games against Steelers and Panthers and Titans and Chiefs you can run on, and Browns. Browns twice, obviously. That's just amazing. Uh, Fournette, running back six. Christian McCaffrey, running back seven. McCaffrey's been good. And I can't believe he's made it. He's made it six weeks healthy. Now let me ask you a question, though, about McCaffrey. Do you really believe, honest and true, you believe Either they two things have to be true for him to hold running back one value, which is why I get him lower on the number ones, but it is a possibility. If he's traded, will he get traded? You have to ask yourself that question. If he does, where does he go? Because if he goes to Buffalo, you're fucked. I mean, it fucking sinks his value. But Jeff, the Buffalo built right. They're so good. They're good without him. He will be. And at, he'll be the whipped cream on top of the Sunday. It's good. There's nothing wrong with the whipped cream, but it's done pretty fast. It serves its purpose and gives way to the rest of the offense. Now, because of the Rams, that could be a – their offense line's in shambles, but I think that's o- overall a very net positive. You see the differences? There's a massive swing in potential. Just getting traded isn't – it's actually his best fantasy – Value is if he stays in Carolina and just becomes what he was last week, 85% of the offense. Now here's the second part that's not good. Carolina's obviously rebuilding. Coach is gone. They've wiped everything out. They've already started selling. All right. So do you think that if he's getting, once he gets his next quad injury or hamstring, you think they're not going to shut him down? Down the stretch of the season? Why would they run him out there? Let him carry the ball 300 times, touch the ball 300 times for a team that they've already waved the white flag. Do you see how big of a negative that is? I hope you do. Because if not, the wall's going to hit you and it won't be pretty. Now we get, look, so he's RB7, Brees Hall, New York Jets. I fucking love this kid, man. I love everything, everything, catching the ball, running the ball. Just goal line. Everything is great with Brees Hall in New York. We thought it was going to be good. It's exceeded our expectations. He is RB8. Right behind him is Kenneth Walker, the Seahawks. Rest of the season is Kenneth Walker in Seattle. The offense is a lot better. The offensive line was never the issue in Seattle. It was the quarterback, and Geno's played well enough. Pretty good at times, quite honestly. And... Kenneth Walker, what we love about him, he wants to take every play to the house, which is just a wonderful thing. That's why we love rookie running backs, always and forever. Derrick Henry is RB10. Josh Jacobs, RB11. Alvin Kamara is RB12. So those are your running back ones. Barkley, Taylor, Eckler, Chubb, Mixon, Fournette, McCaffrey, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Alvin Kamara. Your running back twos, start with Aaron Jones. I know, it hasn't been great. It has not been a great start for Aaron Jones this season. He had that monster as a week two or week three outing. That's kind of buoyed his entire value thus far. But RB14 so far, 
I'll say the positives with Aaron Jones is he is eighth in the league in rushing. He is uh, there's two full time running backs that with uh, 40 plus carries that are I'm sorry, there's five yeah with 40 plus carries that are averaging over 5.8 yards per carry. And Khalil Herbert actually has 63 carries for 64. Yards. That's amazing. Shot Penny before he went down was six, six one. Another reason why Kenneth Walker's a stud. The next two, Nick Chubb, and of course Aaron Jones. Pretty freaking good. So very bullish on him the rest of the way. Dalvin Cook is 14th overall, RB two number two. Miles Sanders. Who would have thought? I'm I'm glad it's happening, but uh, I'm a little pissed because I've been on him every year up until this year. And, you know, I could easily say I saw it coming, but I just wasn't confident they'd finally let him do it. I even have some skepticism now, but let's face it, it's happening. David Montgomery, RB16. Imagine if Montgomery didn't go down. Imagine that. Just think about that for a minute because – Khalil Herbert is running back 20 and David Montgomery is running back 33. If you were to put those two together and to, and get 80% of that, you're looking at running back six, 80% of their combined. Cause you take 20% production for the backup. If it was one guy and that's what David Montgomery is. If he stays healthy going forward, RB 16, RB 17, Damian Pierce, RB18, Najee Harris. It gets better. It gets better. It's nothing's great, you know, for Pittsburgh. But Kenny Pickett's a net positive. As Pittsburgh demonstrated against the Bucks, they're not going to go away. They are just not going to go away. And Dolphins, good matchup this week. Then you got Eagles and Saints. Fuck, fuck. Bengals are fine. Colts are fine. Then you got Falcons, Ravens, Panthers, Raiders. Woo! That's when it's going to roll for Najee Harris. All right, so he is RB18, DeAndre Swift, RB19. This is full point PPR, but we have to take it in place. The guy's always hurt, and we know Jamal Williams is always going to be utilized more than the projection going into the season. Zeke Elliott running back 20. Brian Robinson, some real good matchups, including this week against Green Bay for Brian Robinson for the commanders, Ramondre Stevenson, RB 22. Don't forget Damian Harris could be back this week on Monday night. Stevenson goes back to a backup role. What does that mean? Long-term he's very productive. And we always, because the free agency doom, the lingering free agency for Damian Harris, we expected Stevenson to graduate to the RB one role anyway, this year. So Harris comes back. Doesn't come back. This week, it's a monster week for him. And Stevenson will still be a top two running back. It's the RB2, I should say. Devin Singletary at running back 23. Just, you know, he's the little engine that could. It's just nothing very overly productive. Nothing sexy at all about Devin Singletary. But he's running back 18 in fantasy football. And it's not, he's, he's running back 18. Let me ex- express this. With one touchdown this whole year. Huh? Yeah. He doesn't even have a lot of yards. He's got 400 total yards, 256, 167, 22 catches. It's it's not even – it's just that offense. Well, just the runoff is enough, right? And um, so he's got value. And then James Conner running back 24. Only reason Conner makes lists is he looks like he could be back by the time you're listening to this on Thursday. I don't think he plays this week. But the fact that he's close means he is going to play going forward in week number eight. So he's he's brutal because he's been so underwhelming, but the role there in Arizona is good. So those are your top 24 running backs. Wide receiver, and I don't want to keep you guys forever, so I'm going to whip through the wide receivers a little bit. Obviously, it's Cooper Cup one. You guys know who the top receivers are. Cooper Cup in order, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill. Anybody paying attention to what Tyreek's doing with fucking Skylar Thompson and a bunch of just randos throwing in the ball, Bridgewater? Like, he has as many targets as Stefan Diggs. 
He's got more receptions than Stefan Diggs. Nobody has more um, receiving yards than Tyreek Hill thus far. Only one of more receptions is Cooper Cup. I mean, Tyreek Hill is a beast. All right, so he's your wide receiver four. Mike Evans, wide receiver five. Tampa's going to have to throw. Jamar Chase, wide receiver six. Devontae Adams, seven. Debo Samuel, eight. CeeDee Lamb, nine. Love having Dak back. Michael Pittman, number 10. The better Matt Ryan could play, the bigger the upswing for Michael Pittman. Amon Ross St. Brown, we're forgetting what he was before he was injured. He was the guy we all wanted to have. And still wide receiver one. He's 11th overall going forward. DK Metcalf, wide receiver 12. Don't even think about ever benching DK Metcalf. You absolute fucking monsters. Don't ever do it. I am saying the word to you. Never. I don't care. Darius Slay, any corner you could even drink. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He is too big, too fast, too strong, too good, period. AJ Brand. So that's it. For the top, that's your top 12. Those are your wide receiver ones. Hopefully you have one of them. Hopefully you have somebody in wide receiver two range. A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton, Christian Kirk, Jalen Waddell, Keenan Allen. Back this week, thankfully. Thank God, my teams need him. Amari Cooper, remember, gets Watson back eventually. Pretty good. Chris Godwin. Chris Olave at wide receiver 20 overall going forward. I mean, Michael Thomas, fucking guy's never going to play. T. Higgins, DeAndre Hopkins. There it is. Marquise Brown going down, opens the door. It's going to be a good one on Thursday for Hopkins. You'll see it right away. 23, Alan Lazard. Yeah, Lazard isn't the sexy guy. I, I get it. I knew why people were doubting him to start the I got I understand. But again, past four games, he's wide receiver 14. He is a very he's the number one in Green Bay, even though it's a run first offense, even though it's not successful, even though he's not going to be Devontae Adams, it doesn't really matter because he is productive. And we drafted him at wide receiver 45, and now he's producing as a wide receiver too, which is exactly what we had, had hoped he would be. And by the way, he has set Devonte Adams over the last four games has seven more points than Alan Lazard seven. Okay. So one more reception, one more yard, but the touch and that's it. So 1.1, 1.1 points. And then he's got one more touchdown four to three. So there you go. Um, and then final wide receiver two, George Pickens. Got a positive report on Kenny Pickett. Looks like he's going to be good to go this week. And we know George Pickens is Kenny Pickett's guy. And when you have that relationship, as we saw with Chase and Burrow last year, it does not go away. It does not fade into that good night, George Pickens. So that's wide receivers ones and twos. Let's get to tight ends real quick. Obviously, Kelsey won. Andrews two. Goddard, three. Those are the easy ones. Tight ends. Kittle's four for me the rest of the way. Kyle Pitts is five. And that's... They haven't lived up to that yet. And... But Kittle, it's such a staple of Shanahan's offense that he's going to be involved. They need Trent Williams back. When Trent Williams comes back, you're going to see a lot more routes for Kittle, a lot more of those tight end drags that we're accustomed to seeing him make for big plays. And Kyle Pitts back on, you know, got in the end zone, first U.S. touchdown um, last week, onward and upward for him. Zach Ertz goes to sixth. He's tight end four right now, but he drops. With DeAndre Hopkins back, we knew that that's how it was going to be. Right. So, um, yeah, that's so he is six. Hawkinson, seven. David Njoku, eight. Darren Waller, nine. And Darren Waller, I don't know if he'll ever be healthy. He's playing this week. He's not a big foundation of the offense. He's going to be a touchdown reliant guy, but he's got money, contract, going to be on the field, and he can, he can have big games. Unfortunately, we're just that Darren Waller we saw two years ago was gone. Robert Tunyon eleven and Tyler Higby twelve. Tunyon is my the biggest threat that my Alan Lazard shares is Robert Tunyon. 
It's not Romeo Dubs or Sammy Watkins who's returning this week. It is fucking Robert Tunyon and those touchdowns. So there you go. Those are the tight ends. Hopefully you have one of those tight ends. Uh, probably not. You're probably sitting on Taysom Hill. Notice his name was not there because Taysom Hill will finish in the top 12. Notice this is, again, with the projections. There's no doubt because he's going to have another 30-point week. And 30-point, you know what it takes? It takes four weeks for most tight ends to get 30 points. So, okay. So that's not going to help you, though. It's only going to win one game because the next week he's going to do like he did last week and score you four and be tight end 28. That doesn't help you. And then he's going to be tight end 32 and then tight end 21. And then boom, he's tight end one or two. Okay. So you win one out of those five and then he'll have one mediocre week somewhere because he'll get like 12 points somehow. And it's like, all right. So the number, the overall points are going to be fine, but you're going to lose four out of the six times you start them. Unless you just scratch off the lottery ticket at the right time, which if you do good luck, give me those winning numbers. There you go. All right, folks. Um, all right, let's get into the week seven uh, bets, upsets, and survivor. Man, if you watched the winners win live stream over at fantasyguru.com, you saw me and the siege, CJ Kaltenbach, got real into it. We went tit for tat over our survivor pick. We are in a circa survivor, $6 million top prize. There's less than 100 people remaining in this contest as we speak because every, and this is like 10,000 to start. It's just, everybody's out because they pick shitty picks. People always want to save teams and wait. And yet they're not making the easy move last week. Siege and I argued because I wanted, I really, I wanted to use the Rams over the Panthers, which I felt was an absolute give me. And he said that the Panthers were going to beat the Rams. So he wanted to go somewhere else and they were trying to go. They were trying to talk me into San Francisco over Atlanta or um, yeah, San Francisco on the road against Atlanta in which I went ape shit and would not allow that. But this is, this is why do we had a massive disagreement? I'm sure siege will contend. He's right. Obviously to me, he wasn't right, <laughs> but this is the important takeaway. It's not about who's right. This is the important thing, folks. What's important is the conclusion that you make and the results you get. What we did is I stayed the, we stayed the fuck away from Atlanta, thank God, because Atlanta beat San Francisco by a mile. They crushed them the whole game. And yes, we didn't get my pick in the Rams over Carolina, which would have been good because I don't like the Rams ever again this season. But we did pick Philadelphia over the Cowboys. That was a nail biter. Got close at the end. But the ultimate, we stayed away from the pitfalls we both wanted. We went to a, a neutral site, if you will. Something we both liked. It was my number two of Survivor for the week. I think it was his number two and our, our entire group's number two. We took that one and we lived to see another day. And we survived. That's what matters. So going into this week, week number seven, I like the Cowboys over Detroit. Detroit is tough, especially coming off a bye. I don't love it, but the Cowboys have been playing really good football and they get Dak Prescott back. Now, will he be rusty? You sure. But you could account for that with a one-two punch of Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard against the world's worst run defense. All right. And it's at home and you got Gallup back and Schultz back. Like everything is looking really good. Jason Peters looks like he's going to be back in this one as well. I mean, that defense has been stout and very good. You got Jared Goff on the road, which is always nerve wracking. So I'm going to go Dallas. If you have them, if I ha if you want to get weird, which I don't recommend yet, but Raiders aren't bad against Houston. I'm a fan of the Texans and Lovey Smith. Plays games tough, but I think the Raiders, after a bye, are good at home against the Texans. My bet of the week, I'm just going to make it simple. Again, I'm not fucking around here. I'm going alt-line, minus six and a half, the New England Patriots against Chicago Bears Monday Night Football. On this show, I don't have to stay away from Monday Night Football because on Friday's XM show, if you guys ever notice, I stay away and tell everybody to stay away from Monday Night Football because we have a Monday show. 
and we'll do our favorite bets and picks there. So on this one, I'm just going, the Patriots are a seven and a half point favorite. If you know anything about me, you know, I will never bet a seven and a half point or a three and a half point or a 10 and a half point ever. So I'm going with the Patriots minus six and a half. It's minus 140 right now. Fuck it. I don't care. Bet a unit to win 0.6. I'm good with it. Totally good with it um, on the profit. And then my upset of the week, the Jets over the Broncos. Shit. An hour-long podcast. I didn't even talk about the abortion that is the Denver Broncos. You know what? Fuck them. I don't want to talk about them. I think the Jets are way better. This is a disrespectful spread. I don't care that the Broncos are at home. What kind of home field advantage do they really have? I don't think they've got anything. So, um, yeah, Jets went into Green Bay, much tougher place to play, spanked the shit out of them. So the Jets are going to win. Can't believe it's a three-point spread. So there you go. That's the survivor pick, the bet, and the upset. Remember, more bets, plenty more of that. DFS, core four shows, data, smash reports, NBA, NHL, postseason baseball, NFL, college football. It's all there at fantasyguru.com. Get over there and check it out. Follow me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. The Jeff Mans everywhere else. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. That's going to do it. Episode 133 of One Man's Opinion is in the books. Thank you guys once again for supporting the show so well over the years. Hopefully, we got some big announcements to make soon. Places to go, more guests, more episodes, right? Unfiltered. I love all of you. Thank you so much. We'll see you in the Man's Cave Discord over at fantasyguru.com during the games this week. Um, appreciate you guys coming out and listening in and making this show part of your day. You may disagree with some or maybe every single damn thing that you heard on today's show, and it's perfectly all right. Why? Because it's just one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuces!